Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to remember those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must henceforth be forever cast into the abyss of dead names. In this moment of our remembrance, we prove with great grief and wailing the sincerity of our noble tolerance. What we once wrongly allowed in the ignorance of white privilege has become the cleansing rite of virtue signaling we use to prove our purity. Join with me now as we remember those we've lost. First, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who recently showed her unmitigated audacity in having an Instagram profile that did not, I repeat, that did not include her preferred pronouns. I know, it's hard to believe, but indeed it's true. And when caught in this glaring omission, she tried to apologize and pretend that this had somehow oh, happened to her by mistake. I'm sorry about that. They used to be on there. Let me go in and check and see if I can add them. Sorry about that. They used to be there. I guess they fell off, but I'll put them on right now. What a weak and pathetic excuse for something so profoundly inexcusable. Every member of our order knows that the only mandatory element of every social media account is one's preferred pronouns. And to even temporarily have a profile without them makes you complicit in the bigotry of the pronoun deniers who believe somehow that human sexuality is defined by our bodies and not by our daily preferences. You see, when they refuse to give their pronouns, they're attacking our entire system of gender multiplicity and since we know that transphobia is murder, this means that pronoun silence is the same as being an accomplice to murder. Clearly not acceptable. Now, I know. Many of you lobbied for an exemption for the Congress human from New York, and I must admit that it does cause me no small amount of pain to cancel someone who's been such a prominent arc bender of justice all these years. After all, AOC is such an ally to the people of the acronym that she actually made her own name into an acronym in a profound act of abbreviational solidarity. And I know it pains us to have to cast off such a kindred spirit, but this is precisely why we must. According to our founding charter's zero tolerance bylaw, we are obligated to treat anyone who falls short of the mark with the same ferocity and unforgiveness that we treat our most hostile opponent. Perfect obedience is our only standard, which can only be achieved by perfect fear of ever being caught not saying the right thing. Silence is guilt, and the constantly shifting targets of our movement demand that we practice eternal vigilance, lest we also be caught failing to say everything the orthodoxy of the moment demands. Therefore, for allowing her Instagram pronouns to fall off, we cancel the AOC. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! Second, the Venice, Florida high school band for refusing to remove or cover their abhorrent uniform patches when they were going to perform at Walt Disney World. In what can only be called a simple act of kindness, the Lords of Disney politely demanded that the band cover their school logo because it depicts a letter V with the face of a belligerent Native American wearing a stereotypical headdress and war paint. When the team representing the almighty Mouse of Justice realized what was on the patch, they could have simply rescinded the invitation, but they didn't. Instead, they merely told the band to put a cover over their icono-bigotry. But showing their unrepentant stridency, the school district refused. Now, I know the forces of repression and anti-enlightenmentism will tell you that the face on the patch worn by the Venice band members is at most an inch and a half in diameter and therefore is insignificant in the overall appearance of the uniform, not to mention virtually impossible to distinguish from the crowd line on Main Street, USA. But I say that an inch and a half of racism and bigotry is an inch and a half too much. Is racism less wicked because you whisper it instead of shouting it from the parapets? Need I remind you of Fenelocker's 41st Law of Suitable Imagery, Section 3, Subparagraph B? A symbol's a symbol, no matter how small. 
they say to you the image is insignificant. Well, we say that nothing is too insignificant for us to make a huge deal out of it. Besides, what's the point of having a desirable cultural commodity like Disney World if we can't use it to leverage the unwoke masses into compliance with our preferred truth of the moment? If you want to perform at the most obedient place on earth, you will do so in a way that does not offend the lords of Disney. After all, does not even the Bible say that love covers a multitude of sinful images? For racism and willful willfulness, Venice High School band I cast thee out, woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And finally, Veterans Day. As millions of Americans prepare to perpetuate the ritualistic adoration of bloodshed as they pay tribute to the military-industrial complex of our national war autocracy, we must stand united in persistent opposition to this celebration of violence. Surely, dear otherin, there must be a better way. Warfare is the taking of precious lives and the destruction of resources, all because what? We have trouble resolving our differences peacefully? Are we not better than this? The time has come for us to put down the childish weapons of warfare and take up the instruments of peace, listening, empathy, sharing, and kindness. I tell you, we must no longer celebrate those who train to kill because so long as we keep feeding the beast of warfare, we'll never transcend our violent natures. Remember Super Nanny Joe Frost, who taught us that spanking a child is never necessary because firm talking and a persistent use of the naughty chair can accomplish everything you want as a parent. We must likewise learn to simply speak firmly to those wayward dictators around the world like Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, and Ali Khamenei, and use the international naughty chair of a good scolding at the United Nations more effectively. Now, some may say that the only language these people understand is the language of power, force, and coercion. But have we tried tambourines? Have we given a shared bowl of kale between fellow earthlings a real chance? How seriously... Have we pursued a foreign policy of strategic kindness? Have we learned nothing from Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Caillou? Instead of winning the world over to our way of life with the power of our military, we should be mentoring them gently with the sweetness of our example. Surely we can learn to respond to military aggression with kind words and the persistent use of reason. If we only spent half as much time teaching our citizens to debate persuasively and love the soldiers of our enemies as we do equipping them to kill each other, perhaps we'd learn the truth of Sting's greatest pronouncement. There's no such thing as a winnable war. It's a lie we don't believe anymore. Put aside all the evidence of history and instead join me in trusting in hope and optimism. All we are saying is give peace a chance. So let us commit to the power of the flower. Can we negotiate it? Yes, we can. And until then, let us stop the reckless celebration of warriors and eschew Veterans Day. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Now, with these cleansing rites performed, may we all go forth in loving tolerance and microaggress no more. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all 